0: Welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Fine Biometrics, where November is Face Biometrics Month. That's why, on this latest episode of the ID Talk podcast, I am excited to welcome Yannick Brunet, Vice President of Sales for StoneLock, a specialist in enterprise-level facial recognition biometrics for identity management. Brunei has lived his entire life in the security industry, getting his start in a family business. So after hearing his thoughts on the evolution of the security industry into the world of biometrics we know it as today, he and I dig into the controversy, challenges, and opportunities facing the face biometric space. We go on to discuss practical matters too, including adoption obstacles, education, the importance of liveness detection, and a realistic timeline for the mainstreaming of biometrics and access control. We conclude with a sneak peek of what StoneLock has in store for 2020 and the three words to keep in mind as we await its announcement. I had a great time recording this conversation and I know you'll enjoy listening to it. So without further ado, here is StoneLock's Yannick Brunet on the ID Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Yannick Brunet, Vice President of Sales at StoneLock. Yannick, thanks for joining me on ID Talk today well thanks for having me it's a great pleasure to join you guys I'd like to start off by helping our listeners get to know you a little as I understand it you have a very long history in the world of security and access control how did you get started in the security industry
1: well um, oddly enough I I started very young uh, because my dad owned an alarm company Uh, so uh, you know for me I, I ended up joining the company at, at an early age. Uh, the family business uh, dealt with selling, installing residential alarm systems. So I, I was a attic boy for a number of years, <laughs> helped my dad sell some <laughs> of the systems as well. And uh, over time took over the company, uh, sold it, and then got into uh, distribution, which led to access control. So uh, I've been, I've touched a lot of different aspects within the industry, uh, and I spent most of my time uh, dealing with access control products. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, um, obviously you're involved in biometrics now, but uh, what are the, what would you say are the parallels between um, the current biometrics landscape in security and access control and, uh, and what the industry was like when you started out?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I actually biometrics is a is kind of the younger uh, arm of the security industry it's something that was uh, touted for a number of years but uh, really if you look at it it, it's in its infancy or it was up until very recently so when i started the uh, the alarm system sale with my dad you know it was uh, there was a lot of rubber band and uh, really magic going on Uh, the, the people involved in the industry had to create their own uh, things as they went along. I'm not saying that that's the case here for biometrics generally, but uh, it, it has that sense of uh, newer technology and definitely um, uh, exciting uh, as far as uh, getting into a new space really. I think that the the
0: the move towards biometrics does seem natural in an industry, on an industry level in terms of bringing strong identity and authentication to um, to access and security but what brought you to biometrics specifically
1: well I've always felt like uh, for access control biometrics was going to be the next evolution you know it just made sense that uh, this this form of access control was going to be uh, bring um, the highest potential security and the highest convenience Um Interestingly enough for a number of years, I'd say probably about 20 years every year was going to be the year where biometrics might take over <laughs> and, and <laughs> <so that laughs> not, happened. not yet anyways um, And and for me when I last year found myself looking for my next challenge uh, And I ran into stone I really felt like they had uh, The science down and what I mean by the science is they they really cracked uh, the, the part where the, the technology was extremely accurate, and it couldn't be spoofed. And to me, those were two things that were uh, gonna be essential uh, for a product that would take over the space. And that's how I decided to to join StoneLock and, and by the same token, join the biometric space.
0: I'm glad you brought up liveness detection because this is a, uh, an ongoing discussion that we're having uh, all over the place these days. And uh, it sort of brings me to my next Question: Which is, given your lifelong experience in security and access control, how would you describe the maturity of the biometrics landscape now, near the dawn of a new decade?
1: Well, like I said, I, I think it was in its infancy, uh, but I think we're definitely ready to hit mainstream with it. Um, people were scared of it for a number of years. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Back a few years, people would tell me they were reluctant to put a finger on a on a reader somewhere because they felt it was intrusive, or maybe it would even—it uh, was not uh, sanitary. But they'd turn around and, and handle the door handle without a problem. There was really a, a block there for that. And I think with the adoption of those types of technologies with our phones, uh, people are getting less and less scared of using the technology as a whole. In our space, though, I think the technology is still, um, or, or the, the product is still very technology heavy. It uh, it is difficult uh, to deploy. It it is uh, difficult to use, or was up to up to very recently. Uh, If you do draw a parallel with uh, when I started, uh, you know, getting involved with computers. At the time, you had to build your own, right? You you had Mm -hmm. to go source the parts, put it together, and decide what OS you're going to use. Uh, Whereas today, people wouldn't even think about doing that. You know, you just you know, it's just uh, the technology has disappeared and now it's all about the user experience and that's how you make your choice. And I think we're definitely on the verge of that right here at Lock specifically, but in general uh, within uh, the segment of the industry. As technology disappears in every front, everyday life, it always creates a better user experience. In uh, and, and what we're focusing on at Lock here is you know, th- we did very well at focusing at the door. So people that using the technology at the door would feel really good about it. And now with our next gen product, we're really focusing on the rest of the people that touch the product. And that's what's gonna make it a lot more exciting for all.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really I really love that uh, parallel that you drew between uh, computing and biometrics. And it's it reminds me also of um, how the internet evolved into sort of that paradigm of web 2.0 where you know when everything started off and everybody had their own personal websites ideas of it it seemed very intimidating where you had to know html or css or Mm -hmm. things like that just to basically have it um and so you had to also have a a know-how for for biometrics and now it really is sort of biometrics 2.0 in terms of just this is. It's all solved. We've solved it for you. Uh, That's- take it for a spin. In terms of that uh, evolution, in the past five years, you know, we've seen so much activity in the consumer mobile and financial service market. In particular, those are the sort of the places where we've seen this this shift from thinking that something is new, or even from science fiction, or scary, or or dirty, as you uh, as you explained, uh, to being something that we're familiar with and is actually quite convenient and fun to use. Where do you see the industry evolving next?
1: Well, I, I really think that uh, as we make the technology more readily available, uh, as the channels adopt it uh, and, and as it becomes more of an everyday proposition. Uh, people are going to get more familiar with the technology. Uh, also, I think that uh, legislations are going to be uh, uh, going to be brought up to speed, and are going to make sure that people are protected, uh, so that those fears can subside and, and we can go on with providing the best possible security to, to our customers. Um, so I believe that that this is really the next uh, sort of the next step for all of us. Uh, the technology becomes easier, legislations ca- they catch up, and then we, we can uh, make sure that everybody's protected from all aspects.
0: Did you know 81% of data breaches involve stolen privileged credentials? That's why identity and identity security are taking greater prominence in cybersecurity, IT departments, and boardrooms worldwide. Only StoneLock's true frictionless solution meets the demands of today's security AND privacy-focused organizations for access control, providing one of the biometric industry's few enrollment and identification solutions that requires no physical touch and ensures identity and privacy is protected by collecting no personally identifiable information, otherwise known as PII. With StoneLock, you will get the most trustworthy identity protection solution available. Learn more about how StoneLock can both protect and ensure your enterprise identity management at stoneLock.com. And now, back to the podcast. So now it's face biometrics month at Fine Biometrics, and of course StoneLock provides face recognition technology. So let's talk about what's definitely become the most popular and controversial modality. Um, You know, you were just speaking about legislation and and how it has an effect on the biometrics industry. A lot of controversy around face biometrics is regulation and legislation centered, specifically around user privacy and public perception fears of compromised PII. Uh, What best practices can be followed to assuage these public fears?
1: I think industry experts will agree that it is important to distinguish uh, between video-based uh, facial recognition and access control-based video rec- uh, facial recognition. You know, the one can be used forensically without the consent of people, and uh, and the other one requires consent most of the time, or, or most companies will will ask for people's consent to use that. Um, and and really, it, it really differentiates both both sides of the aisle. I think. Um, from a you know sitting here on the tech, on the access control side, I feel really good about protecting people's identity and 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 making sure that it's never used in a, a nefarious manner. Uh, the other aspect I would say is important for people when it comes to choosing their technology is that they should use a technology that does not require the use of PII, so that there's no uh, need to worry about how that information could be leaked or or could be used. If the technology itself uh, is not based on on personally identifiable information, then there's really no fear anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: that comes down to this uh, sort of, I guess I was going to say an old maxim, but it's a it's actually a relatively new saying in the industry, which is that biometrics by nature are privacy enhancing because uh, naturally, your your face biometrics are not tied to your PII, and they're sort of an anonymous technology, an, an anonymous identification technology. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think that there's there's also something to be said there about the difference between authentication and identification. Like you said at the top, it seems like those do get conflated quite a bit in the mainstream media. You know, despite controversy facial recognition has still gained quite a bit of traction in both enterprise applications and consumer technology. What makes face recognition so appealing in these spaces?
1: Well, I think identity touches everyone multiple times a day. Uh, Most people now have to identify themselves through different systems every day multiple times. So uh, if you look at it from an access control standpoint, uh, biometrics really bring the highest form of security and convenience blended together. Uh, And it is my experience that convenience will always win. So uh, there might be a lot of noise surrounding the technology, but the fact that it is so convenient and so high security, uh, people are drawn to it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it seems like... um... You know, frictionless is a is a word that gets uh, thrown around quite a bit. And um, I do think that there's something to say about user, usability and user experience and just general accessibility. You know, you you used the example previously about people not wanting to touch fingerprint sensors because they were worried it was dirty. You know, and you don't have to worry about that with facial recognition. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems very natural. It's also the way that we uh, recognize each other. So I think mm-hmm. that that... That makes a lot of sense. For all of its advantages, though, are there any challenges still facing face as an access control modality?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that we're still uh, fighting a few things. Number one is exempt, uh, acceptance. We've talked about it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mostly caused by the surveillance-based biometrics. Uh, but if you looked at uh, the fear uh, surrounding cloud computing a few years ago, you know, five years ago people were very reluctant in putting their technology on the cloud, and today, cloud powers everything. So I think we'll get over that through uh, legislation, through uh, education, and the fact that uh, technology will be widely used and more, and therefore more accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is the total cost of ownership. Uh, And by that, I don't necessarily mean just the cost of the technology itself, but the cost of deploying and maintaining, operating uh, this type of a technology. I think that uh, up until now, or or today anyways, uh, it was very difficult to deploy an access control system based on biometrics. Uh, The integrators weren't touching it every day. Uh, Their technicians weren't necessarily necessarily specialized on the technology. And, and, And to be honest, the technology itself was uh, somewhat uh, arcane. You know, it was very difficult to deploy. And uh, I can tell you that from our standpoint here at StoneLock, for our next generation product, we've been focusing a lot on the other personas, the the other people that will touch the biometric system. Uh, And by focusing on those other people, uh, the technicians, the operators, uh, the security directors, we can help democratize the biometric systems out there. And, and making it available or more palatable to a lot more people.
0: Mm-hmm. Making it more palatable and, and I like how you use the word democratizing. Working through that uh, naturally, sort of, is that part of that education process that you mentioned earlier? Like, how how can we educate people on 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 these benefits and uh, addressing these challenges?
1: Well, I think similar to what uh, our phones have done, you know, what the phones have done for us. You know, the, the use of the system itself helps you understand that, you know, it, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, the, uh, the educational process when it comes to uh, wide deployment has to do with socialization documents, with the ability for us to communicate how the technology is put together, how their profiles are going to be used, uh, what their profile contains. All of these things, once people understand what they are, uh, will help people feel better about using the technology.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like you, you know, you use the word consent earlier, and that's an important part of consent is understanding what you're consenting to. And that sounds really empowering. Mm-hmm. It's simple. StoneLock is your biometric solution, both protecting and ensuring user identity. StoneLock's proprietary algorithm allows the capture of personal identifiable information, or PII, providing maximum identity protection. Unlike a surveillance system, StoneLock only interacts with enrolled users and is intentionally designed to protect user identities. StoneLock solutions have answered the call to secure the most critical assets and property of over 40% of the Fortune 100. StoneLock keeps your people safe and your data secure. If you are ready for a secure, hassle-free user experience for enterprise-level identity management, visit stonelock.com today and now back to the podcast I'd like to talk about practical matters next. So much of what we see and hear in the biometrics industry can really feel intangible, uh, especially when we discuss things like killing the password or like you said before, uh, the year that biometrics are really gonna take off. Uh, And it really helps to have grounded conversations about what's currently happening, where the biometrics meet the integrator. You touched on integration challenges uh, previously, and I'm wondering, as a security expert with your range of practical knowledge, how big of an obstacle is installation when it comes to enterprise adoption?
1: Well, I think it's huge. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> uh, to be honest, we uh, we've always struggled in this space to do that well, and and in fact, that's the that's the um, most of our effort today uh, for the next generation product that we're coming out with is is uh, put towards that. Funny enough, and for anyone that's known me uh, throughout my career i have always felt like easy was not easy enough in our space in the access control space Uh, and if you if you were to go around and look at access control websites around the planet every single system would tell that they are easy to use and scalable those are two terms that are used all the time and and at the end of the day that's not true for all of them of course Um, so i think that as we mature as an industry as we mature as a product We'll be able to help with those types of uh, problems um, for us specifically at, at stone lock our, our gen one product the, the stone lock pro did did really well with uh, taking care of the science so basically identifying people at the door and making sure that we had hundred percent compliance meaning that no users were going to be left behind either because they didn't have you know uh, proper fingerprints or they didn't have the ability to be identified through the means we provided them with. Also, uh, the Gen 1 product was really good at uh, making sure that our FARs and FRs were very good and, and, and represented a very high level of security. And if you also add the fact that we were good or still are with uh, anti-spoofing, so nobody can break uh, the mechanisms we use to identify people, then we have a pretty good product. The problem was still there though that problem of enterprise adoption and where you get from you know very specialized doors to mass campus adoption lies in that problem if you can break the code and make sure that people feel good about uh, you know installing and deploying the technology then the readers will be put on more than the two it doors and on the campus so (laughs) and and that's really what it comes down to Um, so some of the stuff we're doing is we're uh, creating different means by which you program the the product so QR code programming for the readers uh, and and other things like that will help people that hang the readers on the door do a good job at at installing the system but once the system is installed and programmed then you have to deal with uh, security officers that need to enroll in a campus environment let's say 20,000 people so how do you do that and and if you sit down and think about it there's a a need for the product to also help them with enrollment campaigns so that they don't have to do that with a spreadsheet right Uh, we have to be able to uh, to send out socialization documents so that those people at the security office are not tasked with making sure people are comfortable with using the technology Um, and and also if you were to uh, make sure that people could get trained properly through this enrollment campaign then you have a system that feels better uh, not just at the door once the, pr- the system is programmed but from a deployment and uh, an enrollment standpoint once you have all of those components together then you truly have a full enterprise sort of management platform and at that point the enterprise adoption will go through the roof nowadays
0: liveness detection is getting thrown around a lot too. And oftentimes I hear it sort of being dismissed in these high throughput deployments that you're describing uh, as sort of like, well, this is in public, uh, people are not going to try and spoof a system. But you know, when you're talking about numbers like you are, uh, like 20,000 users going through these environments, uh, liveness detection seems like a very important consideration and I'm wondering, how much of getting your alertness detection features to work properly has to do with what you were just saying about making sure that the device is installed properly.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with that, but a lot of it has to do with the actual uh, science and technology behind uh, the product itself. I, I've seen a lot of gimmicky approaches to to, uh, to this type of detection, and, and they are there because, inherently that the science behind the product is not sound but if you're operating uh if your your product is built around the fact that you cannot use the product in an artificial manner then uh, it becomes just an inherent part of the product um, so i'm not sure if i'm answering your question properly but my my point is is it, you know Anti-spoofing is more than just something you think after the fact. It has to be an inherent part of your system or inherent part of your science. And it's extremely important, in my opinion.
0: Talking again about those high throughput numbers, you know, 20,000 people on a biometric system. That's a lot of diversity. There are a lot of different people there. And uh, I'm wondering if you have anything, uh, any comments about accessibility and, and how facial recognition can be deployed to serve all those 20,000 people uh, (laughs) equally with the same amount of security and and convenience, because that seems like a a big obstacle when I hear about it.
1: Well, absolutely, and in fact, uh, a lot of it has to do with, in terms of facial recognition, and a lot of it has to do with lighting, making sure the environment is sound, and uh, I can tell you that from our perspective, specifically with StoneLock, we bring our own lighting to the party because we want to make sure it's consistent across the board, and that's how we defeat that problem. And, 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 and I got to say that, for the most part, uh, we have not seen any issues. With other types of products, it might be a problem, and, and that's where, I think, if you're talking about adoption on a massive scale, that's where facial recognition will win over others as well, because you have to uh, agree that most people that come to work will have a face, and as long <laughs> as you capture it properly, <laughs> you're going to have everybody able to, uh, to use the system properly.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, kind of going off of that, now that biometrics and face biometrics are uh, familiar technology, when do you expect integrators to come around so that face recognition is as ubiquitous in buildings as it is on smartphones?
1: Well, I think that, uh, as we highlighted in the previous question, once the deployment and support issues are no longer a problem for them, there will be more prone to talk about the technology and, and sell it. You know a lot of times what I've seen in the past is it's it's somewhat simple to get a salesperson excited about the technology for them to sell them to, to sell it to their customer. When the technicians come on the back end and can't install it properly, uh, you have a problem selling the second one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I think that what's happened in the industry is, a lot of times uh, integrators will stop their toes on, on trying to implement a solution in a cost efficient manner. Uh, so if uh, we come up with a product that uh, streamlines the operational side of the house and make sure that they are um, efficient at putting uh, the system in and training the users, then uh, the, de- the deployment will go a lot smoother and uh, the adoption will increase by virtue of that. So. We're coming to
0: the end of the year. We're sort of celebrating the end of a decade that's been huge for biometrics. Um, And I'm wondering what can we expect from StoneLock in the near future?
1: It is a really exciting time for us. And and one of the reasons I joined the company is to help StoneLock bring uh, this next generation product uh, out to the market. So 2020 is gonna see the release of our StoneLock Go, which is the next generation product. Uh, I think that still Not Go, based on, on what we're seeing right now, based on what some of our customers are telling us for the ones that have seen it, uh, it will absolutely address the current pitfalls in the biometric space. Um, I can't say too much about it, but I'll leave you with these three words, uh, faster, simpler, and sexier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I don't think you can really argue with the excitement that those words conjure. Um, <laughs> for anybody who wants to learn more about StoneLock, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Well, there are two means uh, of accessing us. Uh, one through our website, uh, StoneLock.com, or uh, you can send us an email at sales at and we'll be happy to get back to you.
0: Fantastic. Well, uh, Yannick, thanks for joining me today on ID Talk. Uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My conversation with Yannick Brunet, Vice President of Sales at StoneLock. To learn more about face biometrics and the topics we spoke about today, visit StoneLock.com. And be sure to visit FineBiometrics.com to read up on our Face Biometrics Month featured coverage, in which our expert editorial team is shedding light on the complex and controversial world of the most popular and convenient biometric modality. I want to thank Yannick again for joining me on this episode. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter, thank you for listening to the ID Talk Podcast.